All right. Welcome back, folks. So this week's episode is going to feel pretty different than what you're used to here on the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast. This is going to be a guided writing exercise. So the vibe of this episode is going to be a little bit more chill than perhaps what you're used to, but it's going to be a great episode. So let's get started. All right. Hello and welcome back to the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast, the show to help all pre-health students on their journey to acceptance. Our goal each episode is to share information our students need to succeed, connect them with resources, answer their questions, and make this very, very stressful process just a little easier. Our episodes vary in length from a little over five minutes to around an hour. So tune in to our shorts on your walk between classes or if you have a little bit more time, you can enjoy one of our longer episodes. I am this week's host, John Moses Bronson. For this week's episode, you know, I kind of teased this earlier, but we're going to be doing something a little different. And to get us started, I'm actually going to introduce someone that our listeners have not met yet. So uh, our newest advisor in the office, but most experienced advisor overall. Uh, Dave, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, John. My name is Dave Cassidy. Uh, I joined the pre-health team in the middle of November, uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, as mentioned, I do have several years of experience in pre-health advising, including a previous stint at Penn State uh, from 2016 through 2019. Prior to that, I had been at Kansas State University doing pre-health advising for three years. After 2019, I moved over to the Department of Nutritional Sciences for two and a half years, but decided I just missed pre-health advising too much uh, and was willing to move to the University of Cincinnati and, and do it. Uh, and then, as often happens in life, a few months after I left, a spot opened up on this staff. Uh, so I applied for it, and it worked out. And so now I am back with Penn State uh, Pre-Health Advising. Well, I got to say, Dave, pretty happy you're back. Uh, it's nice to have your energy in the hallway again. All right, folks. So like I said, this episode is going to look and feel a bit different. So this week, for those of you that are really struggling with that personal statement, this is going to be a nice guided writing exercise. This is not the end-all be-all to your process. This should not be like the last stop on the road to a great personal statement. But if you're having trouble getting started or feel like you keep writing yourself into walls, this can be a really helpful exercise to help sort of break you out of those writing cycles. You know, we don't really train our STEM students to be exceptional creative writers. That's not the focus of your curriculum. We teach you how to write lab reports, which are highly structured, tons of expectations. You can have a class of 500 students, and those lab reports are going to look eerily similar, right? But with your personal statement, it's all about being really intensely unique. So this is a writing exercise that Dave has worked on and developed over time. Uh, he did it for our students when he was in nutritional sciences, and I just remember loving it so much, and the students got so out of it. So when Dave came back on, my very first thought was, we've got to get that into an episode for our listeners. So 
Dave, I'm going to let you take it away at this point. Okay, thanks, John. Uh, I want to kind of build on something John said, and that is that you know most of the writing that many of you do are lab reports related to the science classes. Uh, often, unless you're majoring or minoring in the humanities or social science, you may not be doing a lot of writing. And then on top of that, the personal statements are one of the hardest things that you will ever write. And that's not to intimidate you, but to uh, encourage you to give yourself a little bit of slack. The more personal a piece of writing is, the harder it is to do. Because there are so many thoughts, memories, emotions wrapped up in the experiences you're trying to write about. uh, That the degree of difficulty is pretty high. And so the exercise that I'll lead you through is designed to try to dial down that pressure. And um, let go of any expectations Um, My focus is I truly, I I never tell students to try to be unique because unless you've read 100 personal statements or 100 applications, you don't really know what any of the other applicants look like. Your focus should only be on articulating your experiences, what you've thought, what you felt, what you're all about. As part of that, uh, I have one quote from Ryan Gray. Um, we all like him sometimes, maybe don't like him some other times, but he does have one really great quote about the personal statement, and that is that if you are writing about your experience, it is 100% unique, guaranteed. No one else has had the experiences, the combination of experiences that you had. No one has thought about them the same way that you have. No one else has felt about them the same way you have. Nobody has connected those experiences together in the same way that you have. Trust that. Trust and just trust that experience, that combination of experiences. Whenever I've had a student tell me the real reason that they want to become a physician or a PA or a dentist or an optometrist, whenever they've told me the real reason, it has been interesting 100% of the time without failure. Yeah. And so when you stop trying to perform, stop trying to write what you think the admissions committee will want to hear and just tell your story and what it has meant to you, it will be good and it will be interesting, guaranteed. Another thing that I uh, often will say to dial down uh, some of the uh, intensity and pressure of getting started, what I focus on is the process of writing Uh, not so much describing what the final draft is supposed to look like, but kind of helping students through the process and what that process is going to feel like. One of my favorite quotes is from Anne Lamott, who is a best-selling author. And she wrote at one time, almost all good writing begins with terrible first efforts. (laughs) You need to start somewhere. Start by getting something, anything, down on paper. I know great writers, writers, who you love, who write beautifully, and have made a great deal of money. And not one of them sits down routinely, feeling wildly enthusiastic and confident. Not one of them writes elegant first drafts. And if that can be said about best-selling, highly regarded authors, cut yourself the same kind of slack. Yeah. I, you know, Dave, I, <laughs> I recently was working with a student on their personal statement, and their first draft in my opinion, was like not their best work. And I said, this is going to be really hard to hear. Only three sentences of this is usable. 
And it was like I pulled every last drop of blood out of their face. They were so terrified. And I said, but this was the three sentences where I heard you so loud and clear. And she said, well, I barely even thought about those sentences. And I said, they just poured out of you. That's the best writing. Everything else here feels very forced and constructed. We Mm -hmm. recently met again. And her personal statement was so good. And she said, I just did a bunch of writing and just pulled out the parts that I liked. So I'm glad to hear that my experience working with students (laughs) is consistent with your experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think one of the biggest takeaways is that this is a process. Mm -hmm. And you could listen to the same episode and do the same exercise once a week for a month or two. And that would probably be a really good usage of your time. You know, this isn't, it's not, it's not a sprint. Right. It, it is not unusual at all. I think you nailed it. Uh, the student nailed it when they <laughs> said, I didn't even think about those sentences. Yeah. And that's usually what, those are usually the best. And that's usually what comes through the strongest. And that's what tells their unique story. Yeah. Because they weren't trying so hard. Yeah. Usually, um, when I've done presentations on the personal statements, I often will do um, throw out a comparison. Uh, if you have a friend who's about to go on a first date, what's the advice you always give them? Just be yourself. Just be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Trite, not easy to do, but the reason people keep saying it is because it works or it's the yeah. only thing that has a chance of working. Yeah. If you just be yourself, then... Your story will be good. It will be strong. Yeah. On a date, it might not be right for that person. That's okay. And maybe your personal statement isn't right for a certain specific medical school, but it'll be perfect for another one. Yeah. We think about the books that we love reading. You know, your favorite book is not going to be my favorite book. That doesn't mean that the book that is your Mm -hmm. favorite isn't a wonderful story. It just didn't speak to me when I read it. You know, I caught a lot of flack in high school because I hated Catcher in the Rye. (laughs) I hated it. And so many people that I like and I find very intelligent, it's their favorite book. Mm -hmm. They read something in there that I didn't. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't degrade the quality of that book. It's just a difference in perspective we took into it. Mm -hmm. That's another, I think, a really hard pill to swallow is that your story is important and it's the the purpose of this. It's not going to speak to everybody. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. All right. Are you ready right. to yeah. get us through the... Yeah. All right. So if you are listening along with us, if you are writing, if you are a tactile person and you need to be with a pencil and paper, you need to get that out now. If you are a more technologically driven human being, make sure you've got your keyboard and your word processing application open because we are going to dive into the guided writing exercise. So go ahead, Dave. All right. A few preliminary comments um, that will reaffirm some of the things that we've said uh, before I dive into the questions. Uh, Some advice before we get started. As we mentioned, kick perfectionism to the curb when you're writing early drafts. Uh, We get it. You're you're pre-health students. You want to get it right the first time. But writing is more like science than we typically think. Just as failed experiments are actually stepping stones towards new scientific knowledge, writing and revising drafts of your personal statement are the message through which you discover 
develop, define, and refine the story of why you want to be a healthcare professional. Drafts are not failures. They're, they're in markers of your thinking process. Uh, just as, again, scientific experiments, there's, to, there's no failed scientific experiment. You always learn something from every one, and you learn something from every draft. Uh, deleting paragraphs or overhauling significant portions of early drafts does not mean those drafts are failures. It means they were stepping stones towards crafting your story about committing to a health profession. The second point, no, as we mentioned, you already have ideas. So to get started, if you have uh, the paper uh, and the pen, put a big X through it, divide it up. If you're on a word processor, uh, if there's a way you can do that, uh, give that a try. Maybe just divide the paper into three or four sections. One of the most intimidating things to look at is a blank piece of paper or a blank screen. So mark it up a little bit, and that reduces some of the psychological intimidation right there. So take two minutes to think of the moment when you knew you wanted to become a physician, a PA, a dentist, optometrist, podiatrist. Not the event that initially sparked your interest, rather the moment that confirmed for you that this was the right path for you. It might have occurred while shadowing, volunteering, working in a lab, or thinking out loud about your career options with a friend or family member or advisor. If there was no single moment for you, that's okay. Just pick out the moment that most closely approximates the moment of, yes, this is the path for me. Once you pick that moment out, fix that scene in your mind. If you haven't done so already, draw a large X through the paper, mark up um, the, the blank screen on your computer. If you have the X drawn through the, um, through the, through the uh, paper, it'll divide that into four triangles. At the top of that page, write a phrase that makes you think of the scene that I just told you to, to think about. What I will do now is ask you a question every 30 seconds. What I want you to do is write down the first thought that comes to mind in response to those questions. Write for the full 30 seconds in response to each question and fill up each triangle on the page before moving on to the next one. If you're on a computer screen, like in Microsoft Word, maybe divide the page into four sections. Um, and it can be four horizontal sections and fill up, fill up each one of those before moving on. For um, other, the basic rules for this exercise, keep writing at all times. Keep your hands moving, either writing or typing. Don't read what you write. Don't edit anything. Don't backspace anything, don't erase anything, don't cross out anything. You just keep writing or typing. And a key, don't think or get logical. Just respond to the questions and go. All right, so if you're ready, we'll get started. Where are you in this image? Where is this taking place? 
Keep writing or typing. No thinking aloud. What time of day or night is this happening? And what are the clues that tell you that? What season does it seem to be? And what are the clues that tell you that? Just keep writing and typing. of light is in this image how would you describe this light doing in this image? What are your actions? What is the temperature like? Just keep writing and typing, no thinking, no editing. What does the air smell like in this image? What are some of the other things you can smell? there anyone else in this image? If so, who? image.
what are some of the sounds you can hear? What are some of the things around you in this image? What do you see when you look around? What is directly in front of you in this picture? What is behind you? What is around and below your feet? What is above your head? Keep writing or typing. This is the last question. Okay, now you can stop. If you're like the students that I've worked with previously in doing this exercise, and that actually came out to just about seven and a half minutes um, rather than the usual nine. So I'll probably have to add a couple more questions in there to get it to nine, but we went for seven and a half minutes. If you're like the other students I've worked with, you probably wrote more in that seven and a half minutes than you've ever written before in seven and a half minutes. One exception to, might, to that might be, I did have a student tell me, well, it is more except for things I had to write uh, in a canvas starting at 11.52 p.m. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. Uh, but other than that, that's probably more than you've ever written before in seven and a half minutes. And that's proof that you can do it when you let go and just respond and just let the hand flow with writing, keep the fingers moving on the keyboard, you can write quite a bit. 
And as we all know through experience, revising is a hundred times easier than getting that first draft done. So you've probably written close to a full page, if not a full page, and that gives you something to start with. So we'll move on in a minute to the second part of it. I want to put another quote in here about the uh, experience of writing and perspective on uh, originality and telling a story. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis, who is a novelist, literary historian, religious writer. He wrote that even in literature and art, no one who bothers about originality will ever be original. Whereas if you simply try to tell the truth without caring how often it has been told before, you will, nine times out of ten, become original without ever having noticed it. And that's another way of saying, just tell your story, what you did, and what it meant to you. It will be original. Trust that. So now we can move on to the second part. So in the first part, I had you describe a scene, you know, what was in it, what you were doing there, what the surroundings were like. The second part focuses a little bit more on what that experience meant to you. Now that you've described the scene uh, of when you became convinced that you wanted to pursue a health profession, let's take five minutes to reflect on what that scene means to you. Again, uh, another piece of paper, another X, another section on uh, your Word document or other um, word processing document. If you got the paper, draw an X through it. Uh, if it's a Word document, divide it up into a couple of sections and then respond to these uh, reflective questions. The same rules. Keep your hand moving. Keep writing or typing. Just keep going. Don't read what you write. Don't edit, erase, or cross anything out. And don't think or try to be logical. Just respond to the questions with the first thoughts, feelings that come to mind. And I'll ask again, uh, I ask question every 30 seconds on this part as well. First question, what do you still remember about this experience? What makes you want to tell someone else about this experience? Just write the first thoughts, the first feelings that come to mind. What effect has this experience had on your life?
what does this experience say or reveal about you? Remember to just keep writing. How did this event or experience affect or change you? aspects of your life now can you trace back to this event or experience? have been different if this event had not happened or turned out differently. Does this story matter to you? How does this experience fit into the larger picture of why you want to pursue a health profession? stop. And again, I'm willing to bet uh, that you have written more in that short time. That turned out to be about four and a half minutes. That You probably wrote more in that four and a half minutes than you've written in any other four and a half uh, period in your life, four and a half minute period in your life. Um, these two directed exercises have helped you write about one experience and what it meant to you. Your personal statement from beginning to end should tell the reader about your key experiences and what those meant to you. So you can take this same uh, exercise really and apply it to other experiences in your life, describing them, describing what happened, and describing what they meant to you, how they impacted you and changed you. And this is the kind of personal statement that has the best chance of making an impression 
strong impression on an admissions committee. And I think one of the reasons I really like this, um, these two exercises is that when you're writing these personal statements, you write in order to think. The writing is the thinking process. And it's the best way to help you think through you know, what you've done and what it's meant to you. And if you set this aside and come back to it tomorrow and decide that you want to change significant parts of it, that's okay. That means this has become part of the thinking process, part of the learning process. So my, my philosophy is that there is no such thing as a bad draft. There are drafts that you might want to change, but you wouldn't know and have the insight to change them unless you had done the draft in the first place. Yeah. And it's part of the learning process. Yeah. And sometimes old drafts of things can come back in different formats later. Maybe it's not written the, in the best possible way for a potential personal statement, or maybe you feel that that story isn't best suited to the personal statement, but maybe you pull part of that into your work and activities or a secondary essay. You know, your writing never loses its value. It is like investing in gold. <laughs> it's not going to degrade in value. It's, it's, it's a sustainable piece of investment for you because committing any words to the page that are true to you are an efficient and effective usage of your time in this really challenging, difficult process. Exactly. And regardless of where the story ends up in the personal statement, work and activities, um, maybe for whatever reason you have, you have enough, maybe you end up not including something at all, but it becomes something you talk about in the interview. Yeah. But because you wrote about it, you practiced thinking about what you did and what it meant to you. And therefore, you'll articulate it better in the interview than you would have if you hadn't gone through the process of writing about it in the draft. Yeah. One of my biggest stresses and frustrations with my students, especially when I'm reviewing secondary essays or doing mock interviews, is they have pretty good answers to the questions that they're realistically going to get asked, but they don't know how to back it up with their lived experiences. So by doing this exercise that Dave just walked you through, you're training your brain to go down that path so that when you are answering these questions in secondary essays on interview day, you're doing so in a way that's really engaging and exciting to the person that you're talking with. So much of this whole process is around unveiling who you are and you only have so much control over it. So much of it has so many strict boundaries on it, right? Secondary essays, they're very specific prompts. Interview questions often are very specific prompts. The personal statement's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. It's hard. It's the hardest thing that you're going to do. But it really is a gift in the process because you have so much control over where it goes. Right. And that's a good point. The, the way I usually frame this is that the admissions committee will look at your GPA and your MCAT score, and that's that's uh, you reduced to numbers. Yeah. And whatever your GPA is, they've seen it before. Whatever your MCAT score is, they've seen it before. Your letters of recommendation, that's other people speaking on your behalf, and those perspectives are necessary. That's other people speaking on your behalf and explaining why you would be good at this profession. Yeah. 
the personal statement is where you have the stage and where you can put in there anything that you want. When you go to the interview, you have to respond to their questions. Mm -hmm. That interview goes the direction they want it to go. Yeah. For example, MMIs don't lend themselves easily to incorporating a lot of your personal story. Yeah. And there are many examples of interviews where the interviewer kind of improvised and started asking questions that the applicant didn't expect, and you have to respond to those questions. The personal statement, that's you on the stage, that's your space, your chance to tell your story. Yeah. And that's what's unique and valuable about it. Yeah. So Dave, I think you've, you've really set a good example of how to get started and how to get some good content to pull from. Because that's basically what we're doing is, is we're helping our listeners with content creation, getting the basics pulled that they can then mine from. What is some of your advice on sort of that next step, right? Because let's say they do this same exercise for four or five experiences. Unfortunately, the personal statement is only 5,300 characters, and they probably just wrote, <laughs> written about... 3,000 would be my, <laughs> or no, so probably like 30,000 at that point well, with that many types of experiences and the level of depth that you're asking from them. What, how might you guide a student forward on starting to pull this back into a, a tight, a tight 53? Well, the, the first thing I would say is that revising is a hundred times easier than writing down the first drafts. Heck yeah. And Again, I would tell the students, trust yourselves. When you get enough written down and you feel like you've got a first draft, you're going to start figuring out what you want to put in there, what you want to omit. Yeah. You'll start, you'll develop that sense for this is how I want to tell my story. These are the things that are most important to me. This is what I want to include here. And then yeah. obviously... We want part of that process to be getting feedback uh, from us uh, as advisors, getting feedback uh, maybe from a trusted faculty member or friend. Uh, my advice usually is if you want to share it with other people, don't share it with more than about five. <laughs> had one poor soul had 15 different people review her personal statement and she got so much different feedback. She was, her head yeah. was spinning and she was utterly confused. Yeah. One of the challenges with, receiving that sort of feedback. And this is something I want to caution all of you on. Just because you receive feedback does not mean that you need to take it. Right. This process, you need to act like a filter and not like a sponge. In a sponge, you just automatically incorporate any piece of feedback that you receive. As a filter, you pick out the pieces of feedback that you feel are helping you tell your story better helping you to better communicate what your goals and intentions are with your personal statement. It is, it's, it's heartbreaking to sometimes see a pretty close personal statement get Frankensteined by too many <laughs> cooks in that kitchen. Mm -hmm. There's too many arms and legs from other people's voices. And so that's my big caution here with, you know, sort of the, the editing process is getting other people's perspectives is so helpful because we, I see this all the time with students and I'm sure you do too. 
I will read something and just flippantly say something like, oh, this really says this about you. And the student would have just like, they're like, I had no idea that that's what was coming across Mm -hmm. in this part of my essay. Or I didn't know how to articulate this particular passion of mine. I, I understood it conceptually, but it was hard for me to make words out of it. And that's part of our our goal is to help you sort of distill these years and years of experiences and thoughts and insights into some like concise language that feels like it's coming from a single voice. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my main message would be to students is to trust yourselves. Yeah. Especially, you know, once you've got that first draft down, once you've done, say, this exercise, you're going to feel some momentum. You might need to put it away for a day or two, come back to it. But then when you do, when you read your your um, your draft, it will stimulate your own thinking. Mm-hmm. And you'll gain some momentum in terms of thinking, oh, that's not quite the way I wanted to say that. Or I told this story that reminds me of another story that I think would connect with that really well. Yeah. You'll get that momentum and you'll figure it out. Yeah. At a certain point, your personal statement should really excite you. You should be like happy reading it and feeling good about it. If you haven't reached that point, A, you might be focusing on the wrong part of your journey and you need to check back in with your own internal voice. Am I trying to talk to somebody else's passions or am I talking to mine? And that's hard. Or two, a lot of students that struggle with the personal statement, even with exercises and all the help in the world, sometimes it's just an indicator that this isn't the right year for you to be applying. If you're really struggling to find anything, it might just mean you don't have the right kind of breadth and depth of experiences. And that might be a good time to talk to a pre-health advisor because we can give you our opinions and and help you figure out if you know where you're trying to get to, we can help you navigate some steps to help you on your way. What I have usually found um, is that if students have had the good quality experiences, they're usually able to write about it. Yeah. When I've looked at drafts before and we've discussed them, Sometimes I think uh, it's not a matter of poor writing. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of maybe there's not quite enough there yet. Yeah. Because usually if students have had, through their shadowing, through the volunteering, through direct service to people in real need, usually if you've had those experiences, you're going to be able to write about them pretty well. Yeah. Maybe it's not going to be published in the New Yorker, but that's not the goal. No. <laughs> the goal is just to tell your story. And that and that will come through. Yeah. The goal here, and we've said this in other episodes on personal statements, we don't expect you to be Tennessee Williams. You're not writing the next great American novel, right? The, these admissions officers aren't expecting New York Times bestselling authors to be submitting these personal statements. They're expecting you, a scientist, a clinician, to be writing it. So... You know, part of Dave's exercises today was to really place you physically in that space that you were in, but you don't need to talk about it as though you're like setting the scene for like your favorite television show, right? It's to put you mentally back in that place 
And yeah, if if some of those sensory things are so really, really important, yeah, you're going to want to highlight those. But, you know, that exercise was, was not saying that, like, you have to, like, set the stage to get your reader to believe you. It's to put you back there mm-hmm. and to see, like, what was the really meaningful experience, right? Like, if you saw someone have to be cauterized for the first time, that's... the visually you're hearing some things you're certainly smelling some things mm-hmm. right that's really different than you know hearing like maybe you're a maternity tech and you hear that first baby with your first delivery that's a those are very different experiences maybe there isn't a smell experience with that second one that's really important to talk about maybe it really just is that sound that's the most important the purpose of these essays is to try and expand your thinking of all the things that you experienced so you can really get some insight into what was most meaningful, what most stuck out to me about this experience. Please don't start your essay with, it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I immediately strike that out when I read it as the first sentence in an essay. Well, I'll put it this way. If your first draft starts off that way, that's okay. Yeah. Because then you can just cross it out on the next one. Yeah. If that helps you get started. Yeah. Groovy. Unless it being then, a dark and stormy night impacts the story, right? Yeah. If you're an EMT and that dark and stormy night, that's important, yep. right? But if it was a dark and stormy night and like <laughs> you watch someone get stitches in the ER for an unrelated issue, uh, that's probably not important. <laughs> I would say in my experience, I think what hampers, you know, my, this whole exercise to me was is, uh, is to try to get students to relax yeah, and just describe an event that was important to them and what it meant to them. Yeah, The number one problem in my experience is that trying too hard yeah. to be impressive is what um, makes for um, some poor writing. Yeah, And often what happens is I'll talk to the student about, well, what were you, what were you trying to say in this particular passage here? Mm-hmm. And if I can just kind of get them to relax, make it conversational, they'll eventually get to the point where they'll say, well, what I was trying to say was and describe was, and then they'll talk for about five minutes Mm -hmm. and they'll tell me exactly what was on their mind, what it meant to them. And it's great. Yeah. So I let them go for about five minutes and then I say, okay, stop, Mm -hmm. time out. What you just said in the last five minutes is perfect. Write all that down. Yeah. Sometimes I'll take notes if I know that right. they're not retained. <laughs> Sometimes students talk so frontal lobe that they're not even like fully processing what they're saying. And it's so good. And that's mm-hmm. difficult. Yep. It's you all are so brilliant. And sometimes there's too many thoughts going on in your head. What I really like about this exercise is it allows some boundaries to get put up. It's sort of the same struggle that a lot of students have with the tell me about yourself question. There's too many roads to go down. (laughs) If you've ever gone, drove through Pittsburgh from the airport (laughs) into town, you go through this tunnel and then you've got like a hundred yards to go one of six directions and it's very overwhelming. And this is the same thing, but it's mentally happening in your head. This gives you the chance to just see the the walkway that you need to go down at that particular time lit up and you just go down and experience that path. And so it allows some control in this. 
uh, and it it helps get you to understand that like writing for the sake of writing is super valuable and that it's okay to revise. I struggle really hard with students that write something. They're like, well, I like how this sounds. And I'm like, but it doesn't help you here. It's not doing anything for you in your personal statement. It's not providing value to your narrative, to your story, to your application. I, I call it students writing themselves into a wall. <laughs> because if you're not willing to pull something out to see how something reads without it, you're never going to get to where you need to go. And by having so much to pull from, you're seeing sort of the iterative process of writing, of pulling in and pushing out and pulling. Sometimes you pull stuff back in, which is a huge reason why I don't encourage students to delete stuff. Mm -hmm. Keep multiple versions of mm -hmm. things. Absolutely. Because as your writing evolves, you might be like, oh, I really love how I wrote this in my original. And now the new direction that I'm sort of heading with this section, it makes so much more sense. Let me pull it back in. So don't delete. It was good work. Mm -hmm. you, you have just done really good work and you don't need to sacrifice it. Right. I think uh, the students who write um, really good personal statements typically are going through 10 or more drafts. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a long process in part because the more personal it is, the harder it is to express. And so yeah. it's okay. You're going to be going through multiple drafts. Mm -hmm. Um, again, you write in order to think and revising is a hundred times easier than, than, uh, getting that first draft done and don't be discouraged. Um, if it, you know, it's going to take you multiple drafts and that's okay. Let, let the writing be the thinking process Yeah, and be okay with that. All right, Dave, I really want to thank you for coming into the, our beautiful studio <laughs> and uh, helping us with this today. Uh, I really hope all of you listening, wherever you're at, have really enjoyed today's episode I really want to thank you, and we'll see you next week on the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast. The Penn State Pre-Health Podcast is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office in the Eberly College of Science at Penn State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only, and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre-health students across the university system.